Okay, you're set. Okay. Hello, and welcome to Shit That Happens, a podcast on all things um, weird, unusual, mysterious, or paranormal. Uh, my name is Abrisia, and I'm into all that kind of weird stuff, so that is why I'm here. I'm Kayla, and I like the true crime part of this, and that's why I'm here. <laughs> I'm Keaton, and I like talking about weird stuff. <laughs> um, I'm Jen, and I like more paranormal stuff, more of the unknown, so yeah. So yeah, here we are. Here um, we are. This is our first episode, take two. We did a test run that went completely right. okay. <laughs> completely. It was okay, it wasn't terrible, but you know, we're gonna, we're gonna try it again. Um, so here's hoping that this one... Goes well. Welcome. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> welcome. Welcome to my crib. Um, so, because I'm the oldest, um, I guess I have to go first. Um, so my topic this time around is about Alfred Packer. Um, he was born on January 21st, 1842. He died on April 23rd, 1907. Um and he's kind of like a really well-known person here in Colorado, which is where we are from. Um, Gotta rep your nation. <laughs> 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 Represent. Um, so on November, like not on November, it was in November sometime because I don't have an actual date. <laughs> on the entire month. <laughs> on the entire month. The whole month of November in 1873. Um, Packer joined... Bob McGur- McGurs. <laughs> <laughs> Is it McGurs? McGurs. McGurs? McGurs? McGurs. McGurs. I think it's McGurs. Okay. Alright, he uh, joined Bob's, we'll call him Bobby. He, jo- he joined Bobby's party of 21 men, which all left from Utah to go mining in Breckenridge for gold. Um, on January 21st, 1874, they met Chief Ure in Montrose, Colorado. The chief warned them to postpone their expedition till spring, only because the winters here um, suck, especially in the mountains. Um, Ure offered for the men to stay with his tribe, but some of the guys didn't want to wait, and so they formed like their own little you know, team to go continue on the expedition. Um, which they left on February 9th. It was Alfred and five other guys. Um, the five other guys was Shannon Wilson Bell, uh, James Humphrey, Frank Reddy Miller, and George California Noon, and Israel Swan. Are those real names or aliases? No, they're <laughs> real names. That sounds like a stage name. <laughs> I mean, back in like the 1800s, they had like those really low-key common names. Uh, yeah, low key common. <laughs> I mean, Schwan. Schwan. <laughs> um, so Bob led the team um, on their expedition until his horses couldn't continue because of the harsh weather. Um, so he went back to Uray's camp and he left the other team and men to continue on. On April 16th, 1874, Packer alone arrived in Gunnison. And a member of of Bob's team from before asked where the others were because he knew about their little six-man expedition. <clears throat> um, 
Packer said the others left him behind because he got his what he got his feet wet, and so he was too slow. Oh man. <laughs> um, General Adams was like this really like sheriff guy, and he interrogated um, Packer and got a confession out of him, saying Old Man Swan died first. He was eaten by the other five by the other five people. Um, and about ten days out of camp, four or five days after Humphreys died, Humphrey died. And was eaten. He had $133 on him. And I found it and took the money. Sometime afterwards, while I was carrying wood, the butcher was killed. As the others told me that it was accidentally. And he was eaten afterwards. Bell shot California with Swan's gun and I killed Bell. Shot him. I covered up the remains and took a large piece along. Then traveled 14 days. Bell wanted to kill me with his rifle. After being jailed, Packer escaped, especially after his confession, because back in the day, the jails were made of, like, log cabins. So it was, like, easy to get out of. Um, October 1885, Packer was convicted of five counts of manslaughter and sentenced to 40 years. Uh, This was the longest uh, custodial sentencing in U.S. history at that time. In February 8th, 1901, he got paroled and then went to go work for the Denver Post as a security guard. And then in, whenever he died, which I said earlier, in 1907, he um, died of dementia oh. in Deer yeah. Creek in and then was buried in Littleton. Yeah, he's, right still, he's in the Littleton Cemetery. I've seen his grave there before. Um, another fun fact about that story um, is that Alfred Packer is actually, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is an actual fact. This is just something I was told all my life growing up because um, he's kind of a big folklore yeah. thing here. Uh, he is actually who the game Pac-Man is based off of. Ooh, I was going to ask about that too. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's actually I didn't know real. that. Fact, but that was something that I was always That's, told growing up that yeah. Alfred Packer was one that Pac-Man was based off of. Um, because, you know, what was it, like 21 of them went up and he was the only one that came back down? Because mm. he ate It was one. six people total. Oh. Him with five others. <laughs> Where did I get the number 21 from? There was, 20, <laughs> there was, there was 21. There was 21. Oh, gotcha. Okay, I'm like... Over here, like, this guy straight up ate 21 fucking people. Like, <laughs> just, like, straight up. <laughs> you know that time when you get extra hungry? Yeah, but a lot of people were saying that. <laughs> Every day. A lot of people were saying that he was in the right for doing it because it was so cold and he was just trying to survive. Yeah. Um, How long were they up there? I They were 10 days know. out from their camp, it's like. So, okay, yeah, so I feel 10 like days. that's not a reasonable so I feel like it's, time no. <laughs> for someone to, like, resort to cannibalism. But how so long were they, they out there they being left, 10 days away from camp? Let's see, they left in, what was it, February? Yeah, February 9th. And he got back into town April 16th. Okay, so that's like... So it was okay. like, it was a month and a like a few days. A little more reasonable, but did everyone die like immediately? And that's why... Well, 10 days, like, oh, 10 days after the first guy died, and then four or five days after that, the second guy died, and then it just was... So it was just like a slow... 
So, I mean, it was, like, in the middle of the expedition, if you want to do, like, day-wise. Yeah. Okay. There's a movie about it. There is a movie about it. Cannibal's musical? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That shit's funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Kaylor? Okay. You're ready. All right. Um, so, I did my story about... Sorry. Story. Real life thing. It's not hopefully. Um, about Karina Homer. So, to begin, on June 23rd, 1996. I have the loudest chair. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Think of where were you on June 23rd, 1996? I had literally just been born. <laughs> Me too. I was like <laughs> one and a half. Less than 10 days ago. <laughs> Um, okay, so oh, I was on that day. Yeah, okay, just kidding. It's fine. <laughs> okay, so it's a Sunday morning, and a homeless man uh, is like looking for cans through like a dumpster, and he's like ripping open bags and stuff, and he sees a woman's arm in one of the bags, and he ran to the police, and they like went back to the dumpster, and they found the top half of Karina Homer's torso. Ew. So. Okay. Karina Homer <laughs> was a 19-year-old um, immigrant from Sweden, and she won $1,500 off a lottery ticket, which I translated out to today's money, and it's like $2,500, but still. But still. Yeah. So she, she would have to get a significant amount of money. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she decided to use the money to go to the United States. She got a job as an au pair in Boston. And the place that she became, or the the guy who she was an au pair for, owned a loft, and she stayed there, and she was a big partier. Um, so she was last seen on Friday, June 21st, 1996, at the Alley Bar at 3 a.m., and just outside of Zanzibar, which is another bar. It's important. Um... And then some people said that she was possibly walking up Tremont Street. Uh, she had gone dancing with friends at a nightclub and was reportedly very intoxicated and walked outside and disappeared. Uh, so going back to two days later, they found her torso. So the autopsy report came back that she was strangled, sawed in half at least, and the bottom half of her body was never found. It gives me the heebie-jeebies. Like, her legs are out there running around somewhere. <laughs> running, yeah, literally probably, running around. Probably not doing a whole lot of running anymore. <laughs> it was, like, 22 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> but at that time, they were probably running around. Yeah. yeah. Or, like, a chicken with its head cut That's exactly, exactly what I was just thinking. Yeah. They just kept running in circles. That's so terrible. Yeah. Oh my god, I wish you could imagine like driving down the street. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Oh, crazy. <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> Anywho. Um, and then it was her blo- her body was cut in half of the spine, which is like the only bone that needs to be cut to separate the body, so they knew it was cut expertly because not everybody knows that you need to cut the, just the spine. I learned it just now. So, I know. Yeah. So you better watch out. <laughs> Santa Claus is coming to town. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> All right, bro. 
<laughs> that was our intern. Our intern. Hashtag my dog. <laughs> um, so the only evidence found at the crime scene was a partial fingerprint on a garbage bag, rope marks on her neck, which she was strangled. Um, and then they, they decided that she was kidnapped, strangled, and then dismembered somewhere else than where she was yeah. thrown away. Um, and then the lawyer working on the case said to the Boston Globe, there was no crime scene. There's no ability to determine with any definite basis how she was killed, why she was killed, where she was killed, never mind who killed her. So they literally had nothing on right. who They've did just it. got like half a body yeah. and no additional information. Right. It's crazy. They just know who she is and where she was on Friday night. Okay. So there are some theories. No There's been lots of suspects over the years, but they've never actually arrested anybody. Um, so the first suspect that they um, theorized um, was that she was a victim of a serial killer who was in Florida, and he like murdered he murdered prostitutes. His MO was to find a young and slender woman uh, with blonde hair and cut her body in half and leave it in a dumpster. But that was in Florida, so that guy was in Florida. And where was yes. this one? Uh, Boston. This is Boston. So they were thinking that maybe he spent some time in Boston and just like, decided to kill her right. and go back to Florida or something else. I mean, yeah. Well, fun's up. Gotta go home. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the second theory is that um, there was a guy who went to the club with her and he tried to take her home, um, but she had told him that there were two men outside waiting for her. And they've had a couple witnesses at least tell her tell police that they saw her getting in a car with mysterious people okay um so that guy who went with her to the club said that she went in a great Mitsubishi Mitsubishi Ooh, Mitsubishi <laughs> um <laughs> and he the <laughs> and the one of the guys that was in the cars was like telling the other guy to get the fuck away or he'll crush his head Oh, okay. Damn, okay. Yeah, so there's, that's one possibility. That's the And then the last one, um, which I think this one is the one who did it. Um, So they think that her boss did it, which is the guy who owned the loft that she stayed in. Um, So they think what happened is that he allowed her to stay in the lock so they could hook up after she got up to work. (laughs) And then he may have gotten her pregnant. Uh-oh. And had her murdered and lower body removed so she could so the evidence of her being pregnant could be destroyed. Um, so he was never formally charged, but weeks prior to death, Homer Karina had sent letters to her friends in Sweden, and she had claimed that something terrible had happened, but didn't elaborate and said she would re- reveal more when she got home. So that she could have gotten pregnant. Like, she was like, oh no, what do I do? Yeah, so. That's scary. And how long was she here? Like, how long was she in the United States up until this point? Um, I'm not quite sure on that, to be honest with you. I think she had been there for a while because, which is my next point, she had been writing to her friends that this job that she had was so boring and all she did was clean and didn't, like, have fun with her job. So she was getting over it. So I think it had been long enough that she was over it. Okay. Um, so they also think that maybe she was just like over her work life. 
So, I don't know. Yeah. So, the last point I have is that detectives said it would take extraordinary evidence to solve the case. So, it is still unsolved to this day. That's ah! scary. But I think her boss did it because... It seems. I mean, that yeah, makes that has, like, the sense. most reason. Like, yeah. yeah. He's got, like, motive. Yeah. So. And he has easy access because she lives in his right. life. And if he got her pregnant, of course, he doesn't want his wife to find out or something. And to, right. like, remove the lower half. Yeah. Like, what is he able to DNA test the people? I don't know. But she was a au pair, so she nanny, basically. Oh, okay. I was like, so. I didn't want to be an idiot, but I was like, what the fuck is an au pair? Basically, it's a it's a nanny that like comes from a different country. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, Roger. Yeah. Oh, so oh, that makes even more sense as to why he would kill her. Yeah, because he obviously has a wife and kids. Yeah. Oh boy. I wonder if he was like, yeah, if he had like a medical job or something like that, or like I don't know. Yeah, to know exactly yeah, how to exactly. cut through. Yeah. He was probably a doctor. Or he could have hired somebody to do it. Maybe. Right, if he had, like, a lot of money. Yeah. He'd be like, somebody else. That's Let's come do this thing and do it right. It's just crazy to me that they never found her bottom half of her torso. He probably that is so great. Like, Ew. where could it have He probably, gone? like, cremated it or something. Oh. Like, could you... How do you identify it? I guess, like, by DNA and stuff, you yeah. can identify that, but, like... I just don't know if, like, there's some other case out there somewhere where someone's like, we just found fucking legs, and that was all. Right. <laughs> like, oh, boy. I don't okay. know, yeah. So. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. <laughs> that was my case. Okay. I like that one. Yeah. Good job. Thank wow. you. Yeah. Um, good job to you, too. <laughs> good job to everybody. <laughs> Thank you all for being here. Thank you. Um, I'm excited to have you. <laughs> um, my story is slightly different not murdery sort of topic. Um, we're going to take it a little lighter. <laughs> it's mostly just a mystery. Um, kind of weird thing that happened. Uh, it's a story called A.B.'s Voices. Um, so in the late 1960s, there's this woman who's from like Eastern Europe somewhere and she moves to uh, Britain. She is only referred to like for confidentiality reasons as the patient or AB in like any of the stories that I have heard about it. Um, so yeah, just the patient or AB. I don't know what her real name is. Um, so she moves to Britain and you know, in the sixties she gets married and starts a family and she settles down as like a full-time housewife and mother. Um, and, you know, she's in good health. Her kids and her family are all in good health. And so they rarely, like, visit the doctor or anything like that. And, you know, everything's all fine and dandy. Um, up until winter of 1984, A.B. is at home reading. And she hears a, quote-unquote, distinct voice in her head that tells her, quote, Please don't be afraid. I know it must be shocking for you to hear me speaking to you like this. But this is the easiest way I could think of. My friend and I used to work at the Children's Hospital, Great Ormond Street, and we would like to help you. That's crazy. Yeah, so obviously she's like, what the actual fuck is happening right now? And she had, like, heard of the hospital, um, but had never been there and didn't know, like, where it was exactly, but, like, had heard of it before. Um, And so she's like, 
you know, kind of panicking a little bit because she hears this random fucking voice while she's just sitting there chilling in her house. And as she's, like, panicking and being like, oh, my gosh, what's happening right now? Am I having a psychotic break? The voice talks to her again, and it says, to help you see that we are sincere, we would like you to check out the following. Um, And it gives her three pieces of information that were unspecified by, like, her doctor's, like, psych report or whatever thing that he wrote and published. Um, So... They, yeah, so he, the voices gave her three pieces of information that she went and looked into um, and found that all of the things that she had been told by these voices were all true. So, you know, whatever things they told her, I wish they had more information about it, but I couldn't find any. Um, So after she looked into those and found out those pieces of information were true, uh, she was convinced that she was having some sort of a mental breakdown. Um, so she panics and she makes an appointment with her doctor. Um, the doctor examines her and diagnoses her with a full hallucinatory psychosis. Um, and so for that, he offers her counseling and medications. Um, so she does the counseling and medications and all that kind of stuff. And the voices disappeared after a couple of weeks of this treatment. Um, and off she went on a holiday because she was like, my mind's at ease, you know, I'm not hearing these voices anymore, I'm going to go on vacation. Um, While she is gone on vacation, the voices returned to her and they told her to go back to England because there was something wrong with her and she would need immediate treatment. Okay. Um, So she returns to London and this time the voices give her an exact address of where she needs to go. Um, So kind of to humor her and like ease her like panic about this her husband drives her to the address that the voices had told her to go to and mind you this is like the 1980s so there's not like google you can't just like look up whatever place and all that kind of stuff so they drive to this address um and it is a computerized tomography department of a london hospital um and upon the arrival the voices tell her to go inside and have a brain scan for two reasons uh one being that she had a tumor in her brain and the other being that her brain stem was inflamed um so because the voices had told her those three other true things that she found out about uh previously she decided to decided to believe them and she goes in to see her doctor the next day and tells him all about this um so kind of began to like humor her and like reassure her that everything's fine and there's nothing wrong with her. The doctor orders a brain scan, um, even though he hadn't found any physical evidence to suggest that there was a tumor. Um, the request he put in for that was initially declined because there was no like clinical justification for her to have um, a brain scan at that point. Um, over time, mostly to reassure her, the doctor negotiates uh her into getting the scan um and she scanned in april of that year what year did i say it's 1985 i guess at this point yeah um so her brain is scanned in april and it, the initial findings were not really conclusive so they had to do a repeat scan the next month which revealed a left posterior frontal par- parafalcine mass <coughs> having all the appearances of a meningioma. Meningioma? Meningioma. I don't know why you learned that. It's a tumor. Anyway, so she she actually has a tumor in her brain. Um, 
So after consulting with a neurosurgeon, uh, everybody agreed that she needed to have an immediate operation to excise this tumor. So uh, she has the operation, and the voices tell her um, beforehand that they were in agreement with this. Uh, so she has the tumor removed. I'm glad that they were in Right. <laughs> Um, after the operation was finished and uh, she was, like, coming to in the hospital and kind of waking up from, like, the sedation and all that kind of stuff, the voices returned to her for one final time. And they said, we are pleased to have helped you. Goodbye. And Whoa. What? It's yeah. like a computer. <laughs> yeah. Signing off. Yeah. yeah. So, I just gave myself goosebumps. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so there were no post-op complications or anything like that. Her antipsychotic medications were discontinued, and she never had a return of hallucinatory voices again after Whoa. that. Um, I just got goosebumps. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some people believe this to have been evidence of a telepathic communication, and some say that she had to have known before, like, when she was living in a different part of Europe and she came, like, she wanted to get free medical treatment under the NHS. So that's why she came up with this story and whatever. Um, I don't believe that. Yeah, her doctor said it was, like, kind of unlikely because she had already lived in Britain for, like, 15 years oh, yeah, by this point. Be- and she was, like, so relieved by the disappearance of the voices afterward. Um, yeah, that the doctor just thought it was unlikely. Um... And, yeah, the disappearance of the psychiatric symptoms after the tumor was removed indicates that they were related in some way to the presence of the lesion. Um, but, yeah, after that, everything was everything was cool. Everything was all peachy. That's crazy shit. So, basically, her tumor was just like, hey, Yeah, and there's, like, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty Brandy. much. And, you know, there's, like, science behind, like, if it was on a certain part of her brain, it might have, like, triggered, like, memories of some place she had heard of that was like a hospital or like something like that like that she didn't remember like subconsciously she knew where this hospital was or something like that and just having the tumor like trigger her to remember it um all that kind of stuff but yeah i thought that was kind of that's kind of a neat little mystery story like yeah. on your tumor speaking <laughs> yeah. I just think it's like yeah. kind of creepy that it's like we were here to help you and it was so specific about like Everything. we used to work at the children's hospital and we want to help you yeah yeah that's like, super creepy yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah or maybe they were doing like a medical experiment uh, like experiment like somewhere like, were, like yeah, we're gonna try this bitch out. So <laughs> we're gonna go in, like experiment, <laughs> experiment, and like telepathic communication. Yeah. And they were like, hey, they're like, hey, 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 little mama, let me whisper in your ear. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you something that you might like to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she liked to hear it. So, yeah, it's a little say. creepy. <laughs> but yeah, so there's that. Uh, I got all my information off of Google. <laughs> yeah, mine was Wikipedia. Always trust uh, me. The, like, doctor report I found, which I don't know if this is, like, actual real life. I probably should have looked into it more, like, thoroughly, but the website I found it at was southwestpsych.wordpress.com. Thank you. Yes. Good good job. No, thank you. Thank you all for being here. (laughs) Thank you for being here. I'm so glad. I'm glad. (laughs) Dirty. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. Okay. You're up. 
Well, in the spirit of citing sources, I got a lot of my information from dailybeast.com. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm going to talk about the Aurora Hammerman. Okay. Which, this story was interesting to me because it happened in the area that I live in right now. Yeah. So. Okay. All Here right. Go. Ready. It's, it's hammer time. Buckle your <laughs> <seat belt. laughs> You're so, <laughs> I was trying to figure out how to slip that in here this, the whole time. Don't you worry, we got your fam. <laughs> so, it says this was shortly after midnight on January 16th, 1984, in Aurora, Colorado. An intruder armed with a hammer entered the home of Bruce and Deborah Bennett. Bruce and Deborah were a young couple who had two young daughters who were seven years old and three years old, and they had recently moved to Aurora because Bruce had just finished up his time in the Navy. So, they're not entirely sure, like, the sequence of events that happened right. inside, but, so, basically, he's... Right, yeah. They say that he slipped in... Well, the family was asleep, most likely, and he came and attacked Bruce and Deborah in their bedroom with a hammer and a knife that he had stolen from their kitchen. Double-fisted. <laughs> <laughs> oh so, my god. So Bruce <laughs> fought back against the intruder from their bedroom all the way down the stairs, but he lost right. and got his throat slit. Oh. And he was left laying at the bottom of the stairs to die, basically. Oh. By the time that the guy had left their house, he had violently attacked all four of the Bennets, killing Bruce, Deborah, and their oldest daughter. Oh boy. The three-year-old had been bludgeoned and oh left for God. dead, but was found the next day by their concerned grandmother. She came to check up on everybody because Bruce oh. hadn't gone to work. The next day and she was like hey what's up with that you know so she came and she found the three-year-old was still alive oh, but like just God. barely okay and she she survived she survived yeah is she okay yeah did she have i mean obviously she probably had something <laughs> going on because yeah you can't just be bludgeoned and be you never know. so like the weird part about it is there's there were no signs of forced entry into the house and okay. there was Basically, no reason. Like they had no motive for this guy to do this. Ooh. So, twelve nights before the Bennett attack, okay. a man armed with a hammer broke into the home of Kimberly Rice and James something and <laughs> <laughs> attacked them in their sleep. The couple survived, but Kimberly suffered a concussion and James's skull had been fractured. Oh my gosh! And that couple is believed to have been the Hammerman's, like, first victims. Right. So, like, right. Job. So that was 12 nights before. One week before the Bennetts, 28-year-old Frontier Airlines flight attendant Donna Dixon had pulled into her garage and gotten out of her car and was struck in the temple by oh a man God. with a hammer. What the, the fuck? You can't just come flinging hammers at people. Right. Okay. Unless you're Thor. Come on. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think... Well... Maybe he can do whatever he wants. I don't know. Norse mythology is hardcore, okay? It's not happen. Anyway, go ahead. So, 
The intruder beat her head into the wheel well until she fell unconscious, and then he sexually assaulted her and got away. She lived. Um, So this all happened in Aurora? Yeah. And what? And then 1984. Okay. So then the next afternoon. The day after that, in the suburb of Lakewood, in a suburb of Lakewood, 50-year-old Patricia Louise Smith was bludgeoned in her townhouse. Oh my god. She was hit 17 times in the head with a hammer while she was at home on her lunch break. He also sexually assaulted her and left the hammer near her lifeless body. So then, six days after that one was when the Bennett family was attacked. And... So the locals started calling him the Hammer Man because... Because he was a hammer man. Right. He was bludgeoning people. And he was never caught. Until... Oh, boy. (laughs) This actually happened this month that they found out all this stuff. So, in the same year, there was a man in Nevada who broke into someone's house and bludgeoned a couple with... An axe handle. In Nevada? Yes, in Nevada. And so he ended up going to prison for that. Um, His name is Alexander Christopher Ewing. Okay. And (laughs) (laughs) so... It was So they had, like, no suspects or anything. His spree had stopped, like, after those four, at least in Colorado. So they started looking around, and they were like, well, obviously this guy went somewhere, so we should see if there's... You know, things like that happening in any other states. Yeah. So, this guy went and bludgeoned a couple with an axe handle and ended up getting caught and going to prison. Right. And just recently, the the local um, law enforcement, like around here, did a DNA match with like stuff. Ancestry? Right. <gasps> like the Golden State Kelly? Yeah. Like oh boy, don't get with don't the get evidence that they had <laughs> from the the Bennett murder. Mm-hmm. So they did a oh, DNA okay, so test they... for it and they found a match with this guy. Oh and that that happened on the eighth of this month actually. Of this month? Yes. August? August eighth was what? when they started like reporting on it. Yes. What this month. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to bring him over here and charge him with the murder of the Bennett family. Oh my gosh, after all of that time, mm-hmm. like like been Ooh. like 30, 40 years. Bitches be crazy. Seriously. Just can't imagine how you're like still so spry and willing to commit murder. I know that's crazy. Like, I've already got that game of too much work. <laughs> I have bad ankles, so I can't. <laughs> you can't be right. I can't learn. <laughs> yeah. Well, so sir. there was that. <laughs> there was that. So they're waiting, like, trial for him and all that good stuff. That's yeah, crazy. I didn't check in too much on the recent stuff. I just wanted to. Bless you, bless you. But. Oh, wow. Okay. That's scary. That's, I yeah. was about to say, that's scary. That's, that's scary. scary. That's scary. <laughs> that's scary. No, that's so spooky, especially since it was like, I don't know, I feel like whenever I hear stories like that, it's mostly in other places. Yeah, it was... Uh, did you hear... I'm sorry. Continue. About that guy in Frederick who 
reported his wife and kids missing oh, like last yeah. week. And then two days later, he confessed to killing them. Yeah, he went on the oh news like God. saying whoever took whoever took them, like bring them home, like. Yeah, this isn't like, the same without them. And then the what? next day, confessed to killing them. Well, and like even on the news, saying he was very like he he's, had his arms folded, he kept stumbling on his words, and like you could totally tell that like, he was lying. Yeah. And then he was like, "My kids are my everything." And then he came back and was like, "Oh, I actually can't." And I don't. Do you know if they found his children? Because I know that they found his they, wife. They found them in like oil tanks, like <gasps> oh. like um, barrels oh that keep oil. That's what they Is that, did he work at like an oil yeah, thing? Yeah, something okay. like that. Because I, I it's never... so sad. I've been following it though. Yeah. Because it's like it's crazy how it all happened. It kind of reminds me of Gone Girl. Yeah. Way. But it's kind of it's crazy. Did so he didn't say how he killed them though. Um, they're saying that he strangled them. Oh my god. Yeah. And they're looking to give him the death penalty. Yeah, because it's like. It's sad. It is so sad. It's so sad. And she was pregnant. Yeah, with a little boy. And they were going to name him Nico. Oh my god! Stop! <laughs> well, okay, so I saw it. Wow. Her, her brother like posted on Facebook and was like, mm-hmm. fuck this guy. I just learned that she was pregnant and going to have a, my new nephew and they were going to name him Nico. And what the fuck? What a fuck. What did he say? He, he was... Something about Satan's mercy or something. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. But he was, like, calling him a monster and, like, he yeah. deserves That's everything. Crazy. He, he was a monster. Stress. Like, if, he, if you watch the video, he's, like, so, like... Even the video... He pretends like, to be, like, emotional. Like, yeah. Even the Ooh. video of her, like, revealing that she was pregnant, he he didn't really have, like, the excitement that... Really? I didn't someone should have had. Yeah. yeah. It was crazy. I wonder if it was, like, one of those cases where he was, like, sick of his life. But on, it was weird. Um, She actually posted on Facebook, like, a few days before it happened. And it was, like, the girls were messing around. And she found, like, one of the dolls they had on the couch covered in, like, paper. And it looked like a dead body. And she was (gasps) scared. That's awesome. And that kind of, like... That kind of, like, red flagged me of, like, you find that a few days later and then this happens to you. Right. Like, maybe he was... Maybe yeah, maybe he was him. doing something, like, kind of, like, like, like showing... Yeah. I don't know. That's so that, crazy. It was so sad. It's sad. It's sad that all of that had to happen. Because yeah. those little girls are so cute. They were yeah. so cute. Celeste and Bella. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And they were like four and three. Yeah, they oh, were just babies. babies. Oh gosh. Okay. So yeah. This is real murder heavy. So I'm like, stressed. you're right though. Like when local stuff happens, it's like crazy because you're like, not in my town. That didn't right. happen. Like this town. doesn't right. happen. Oh, but it happens everywhere. Uh, okay. No. Well, yeah. yeah so <laughs> <laughs> that was a crazy. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's kind of like a you know what's going on now in our yeah. Yeah. You know, Murderous news. Yeah. So. I know it's kind of okay. crazy. Yeah, it's a little rough. Does anyone have anything lighthearted they'd like to share before we close <laughs> this bitch out? <laughs> um, um, I don't know. Thanks for joining. Thanks for yeah, listening. For joining us. Thanks for listening to our first episode. Yeah. Sorry if it was a little. Our one point. Heavy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it might have been heavy and it might have been a little awkward, but you know. We'll figure it out. We'll get there. The, the first one, we we drank a little too much, so it was a shit show. So somebody 
somebody who shall remain nameless, but her initials are abbreviated, um, got a little bit too cray cray. Yeah, towards the end got of the. Got a little bit too cray cray and was having her own conversation. Oh no. It she was fun. Was fun. Yeah. So, both of us are not drinking tonight. I don't so. know. Maybe, maybe. Maybe we need to. I don't know. I feel like I could have used Just a little bit. Least, least maybe. Least so, least it up. Least it up. Least it up. Least it up. Maybe one day people will be able to hear that. We're gonna. Yeah. yeah, it'll, yeah, be yeah like a, we'll, it'll be like a. Do like a, a throwback. Yeah. Here's a bonus. But about yeah, when yeah. we were a mess. So. Yeah. Just, you know, stick with us. We'll figure out the correct and appropriate amount of alcohol to consume to yes. make this <laughs> worth listening to. And yeah. Anyway, thank anyway. you for the three of our friends who are going to listen to this. Yes. And um, yeah. And that's the shit that happens. That's the that's shit that the happens. Shit that happens. <laughs> that's the shit that happens. Thanks for joining. Bye. 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 <laughs>